Freedom, 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 oi! Freedom, 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 oi! There's no denying it. The future's crazy. Oh well, don't want to stand out. Freedom, 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 oi! Freedom, 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 oi! Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season four, episode five, A Taste of Freedom. Now, Ben, if you were going to have a flag in a dish, what would you put in it? Like a nice marinara? Would it, would it be like a, you turn it into pasta? Like what would you do? Well, so your question was, if I had a flag in a dish. Yes. Now, in, in a culinary dish, not just like any plate whatsoever. Okay. I'm asking you. Because I'm I envisioned to, just a plate with no, a flag on it. I'm asking you to top chef this flag. Okay. Going to top chef this flag. Um, step one. Okay. Put it in a nice down-home country gumbo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a callback. Bam. It is, but you get a lot of that good flavor, that Cajun flavor in there. No, I mean, truthfully, you know me, and were I required for some reason to make a flag into a consumable dish, mm-hmm. you know it would be pasta. Now, again, I did like lead you down this path with discussing turning because the you're, flag Because into you're absolutely pasta. correct. It would be pasta, yes. But would you turn the flag into pasta, or would it be a component of the pasta dish where with real pasta or both well so here's the thing okay carbs are i'm told okay not super great to eat a ton of and i love carbs so you replace the pasta with some made out of an earthican flag i mm-hmm. should point out we're talking about made up flags here oh yes before Perhaps people also- before people get mad this your this bit this bit was bad treading on dangerous ground here yes the earthican flag is uh not in no way a real country or nationality yes. or state or municipality flag i i should have specified that we were talking about all freebie 100% because i can't stress this enough <laughs> this is mike's idea no it was just a question i was posing a theoretical quandary for the mind. <laughs> a theoretical quandary for the mind posed solely by my co-host, Mike, <laughs> of Back to the Futurama. Please tweet at Back to Futurama. <laughs> Care of Mike. Care of Mike. That's uh, a thing Twitter can do, right? Okay, so the Earthican flag, you turn it into pasta. Yes. Is it, a, is it an Alfredo sauce? Is it a marinara sauce? What kind of sauce are we talking vodka sauce Ooh, i like mm-hmm. that i like oh, that yeah, nice vodka sauce so is it just pasta in the sauce you got some vegetables floating in there like maybe some veggies those those are certainly vegetables i meant mushrooms <laughs> but you know what i mean uh probably um put it with some uh like uh zucchini squash oh okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah um and uh some onions because i put onions in like basically everything mm-hmm. um and then just put a little cheese on that bad boy Ooh. there. Mm-hmm. I think I'd I'd love to eat that Earthkin flag dish. 
Okay, well, if you're I saw, insane because this is not anything I would ever want to put if, in my body. If I saw it on Earth Top Chef, I would be like, yeah, I'd eat that. I guess I'm also inhabiting the Zoidberg character. I, Speaking of... I'm just envisioning a world in which um, like, they show up on Iron Chef and like the secret ingredient they all have to use is an actual flag. <laughs> because that poses a, we- a real quandary Uh uh-huh because you gotta you gotta boil that flag just right to get it do you then actually do it or is it a trap like are people like here's the real ethical quandary for the mind for the mind posed by me ben co-host of back to futurama (laughs) back back to futurama care of ben Is this a legitimate competition or is this a trap to find out who is going to actually make and consume a flag? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like consuming a flag, making a flag, you could probably get away with it. You could, you could, you're making artisan cuisine. You're making a statement. Eating it, though, is a little trickier, as we'll find out as we talk about the Futurama episode that we're going to talk about in just a moment. For the two listeners still listening to this episode after we just spent an entire five minutes now talking about consuming, again, I can't stress this enough, enough made up flags that don't actually exist into consumable food. Uh-huh. We do actually have a Futurama-based podcast after this diatribe, so uh, let's get into it. Uh <laughs> So at Planet Express, uh, Zoidberg is on top of the conference room table doing a, uh, I don't know what the name of the dance is, but it's, he's screaming, freedom, 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 oi. And everybody's like sitting around just like clapping, like they're watching him dance on this table. Yeah, it's, it's like the, I think it's a Russian kind of dance where you're like, you're squat and you kick your legs out. It, and- it is sort of a stereotypical sort yeah. of uh, dance people associate yeah, with that's, that's Russia. That's the correct way to put it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know the name of it, and I I did not look it up. You can always Google that. Oh, could it be time for Ben's Googling Corner? Hey, hey, I said you can. I, okay, it, this is a, this is look, a Mike, the co-host us- of Back usually, to the Future. Usually, we are, we are partners on this thing, <laughs> but you are trying to set me up for weird flag-eating <laughs> conversations. And so therefore... I think this is going to be the most adversarial <laughs> episode of Back to the Futurama. <laughs> I, it's that so, has ever happened. It's so fast that yes and turned into no screw you. <laughs> the second widely misknown uh, rule of improv, the go to hell. Uh-huh. Yeah. No go to hell. That's, that's definitely <laughs> an improv thing. Um, I've taken zero improv classes, so I feel qualified to make that call. Yep. Anyway, Fry thinks the dancing is crazy, but he doesn't want to stand out, so he joins in. <laughs> Zoidberg explains that uh, he's doing this dance because it is Freedom Day. There's nothing crazy about it. Freedom Day is a holiday. It's a fabulous, crabulous day. It is a fabulous, crabulous day in which you just, if you feel like doing something, you do it. Ignoring the consequences. To spleck with the consequences. That is an Amy quote because it uses the word spleck. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, her fi- her made up words are fantastic. I agree. Um, I've always enjoyed them. So yeah, they are 
uh, doing all sorts of crazy things uh, just because they feel like it. Bender literally trips Hermes and Hermes like shatters his arm. Yeah. Uh, the bones in his arm, I should say. His arm doesn't explode like a <laughs> into sh- yeah. shattered glass. That would be very weird. Uh-huh. It'd um, be more, more of an avant-garde take on Futurama, <laughs> I think. Uh, that's when you're watching Futurama and you're like, uh, did did my like water get spiked with some like LSD or something? Uh-huh. Some some essence of pure flavor. That's, yeah, did, that's called a callback. Did I did I hang out with Helmut Smargle? So uh, they are also having this party, and it evolves into naked hot tubbing. Of course, uh, as a Freedom Day is to do. Zoidberg starts giving a speech that on his planet freedom has to be suffered for. And it gives you three vignettes of Zoidberg as a kid wanting to be a comedian instead of a doctor, which will cause his parents to roll in, over in their graves. Mm-hmm. It's important to note that it because of the mating ritual, they they die. We did a whole episode about it. Yes, the- his, his parental figure is uh, upset about the decision to become a comedian. Uh-huh. And then immediately Zoidberg is like middle-aged and is a voter and he wants to avoid vote for schnadel mm-hmm. if he wants to have a recession mm-hmm. he's also wearing a literal fish as a tie which i always i didn't appreciate. notice that that's oh fantastic. yeah 100 you know me i always judge ties <laughs> on everything you sure do you found that tie and you zeroed in on it i i got uh as an aside i got uh i, I became the go-to guy for people to ask about uh, necktie fashion mm-hmm. because of during all of the debates uh, on uh, both Republican and Democrat the um, primary debates I live tweeted it all and always uh, made com- tons and tons and tons of comments about who had the best tie mm-hmm. it was that- my thing and now it's just my thing for all time yeah we ask you to do it during sports ball games uh-huh yep during you don't ask me to do it i do it oh that's fair well i think Tema, <laughs> friend of the podcast Tema, has definitely asked you to do it a couple times um but yeah so because it's more of the ben what's that tie like what's a tie so i absolutely 100 percent of the time notice ties and he's definitely wearing a fish tie We're rocking that fish um and then the next thing yet is zoidberg as an adult now he wants to go to medical school if you're if you've given up your dream of being a comedian I like how that's Zoidberg's entire backstory as to why his planet doesn't have freedom. <laughs> because I feel like all of these things are things that you could find on Earth. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially people yelling at you at how you voted. I've, I've had that experience. I've definitely had the experience of my parental figures asking me to be a doctor and instead i started a comedy podcast about futurama so there's disappointment to go around for everyone (laughs) my mom is supportive of the podcast i believe she still has it on her phone i do not know if she listens anymore (laughs) but she's like oh that's nice my dad actually and my parents didn't actually want me to be a doctor or anything. I'm just it's oh, okay. jokes. It's jokes. It's jokes. It's a comedy pod. We're trying oh, wait, to do a comedy what, it's a podcast. Pod- <laughs> it's a comedy podcast. I didn't know what I was yelling into this mic for. Zoidberg is finishing up his speech and he's like, and so that's why freedom is super important or whatever he's saying. On earth you can do whatever you want and don't worry cuz no one cares. And fry is already in the hot tub naked with everyone else and he's like we're not listening (laughs) freedom 
Mm-hmm. I do like how many times in this episode people just do things and shout freedom. Yeah, like it's fine. <laughs> no consequences. Uh, so the crew goes to Washington D.C. Fun fact: it was rededicated to Washington the Sweat Hog in twenty four seventy five. Mm-hmm. That's a real fun fact. Really? Truly. So Planet Express shows up to the Freedom Day uh, parade, which uh, Bender puts on a a cow catcher on the t- in the front of himself. That's what it's called. My notes literally just say, that thing that's on trains. Well, now we've d- established it both ways so that people that don't know the... the I word. didn't even have to Google that. Well done. Um, basically, he just runs people over saying, freedom, freedom, freedom. You can't do freedom. Uh, so in the parade, there are missiles belonging to Boy Scout troops, uh, the fighting Dukakai in tanks, uh, Michael Dukakis, famously mm-hmm. pictured giving a thumbs up in a tank a little before my time, I believe, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, They're and going deep on some of these cuts. They sure are. They they those tend to. Cuts. I don't know what my voice is doing right well, now. Well, it's going as way. deep it's as going, those cuts. It's going sexy. Going to go deeper. Up. <laughs> hey everybody this is ben coming at you live with the cool jazz on the eights that's a weather channel thing weather on the eights <laughs> but i'm coming at coming at you with weather and jazz on weather the eights. Jazz. I may be still coming out of the very, very tail end of this cold, so I apologize for whatever the hell my voice just did. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Weather and jazz. Weather and jazz on the eights. Two tastes that taste great together. <laughs> it's going to rain tonight, and here's some Coltrane. Yeah, see? See, you're into this. <laughs> I mean, I was into it. That's not... I, I'm not... <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm, I'm a little scared at how into it I am. Yeah, so, uh, so I, I lost mine. Oh, okay. there's also Zap Brannigan throwing out beads for like Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. The only woman who flashes him is Linda, the newscaster, during a newscast. Uh huh. And then Morbo flashes Linda, and she has just the most horrific scream. It's it's like not enough for one scream. She screams twice. It and it's horrifying. And you don't get to see what Morbo's showing. You just get to see Linda's face. I'm really curious to know. Like, it I, may be an unspeakable horror from which I will never wake up, but kind of want to know. It, it's, yeah, no, you, you, there's an, in, you, you're intrigued by it. I'm not, but you can be. Later on in the evening, um, Nixon, the head of Richard Nixon, president of Earth, comes on stage and he gives a speech about Freedom Day, about how we live on a planet uh, with just full of freedom. We're free to choose which hand our sex monitoring chip is implanted in. You're also free to not pay our taxes, but you'll have to go see the pain monster for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And the pain monster literally says, see you on April 15th. Oh, yeah. He's very, he's very chipper. I mean, I guess I would be if I were called the pain monster and got to see I mean, people he's on April very, 15th. It's freedom day. He's clearly not at work. His work persona is the pain monster. Yeah. But you know he's just Jeff when he gets home. Yeah, exactly. He he clocks out on the little punch card. Yeah. And then he, he goes from... And he's like, oh, cool. Oh, look at that. My wife texted me. Oh, 
oh, she, she sent a, cool, a, a cute picture of the kids. You want to see? And he's like, he's he's super nice. He, he gets in his pain. Jeff the pain monster is a cool and dude. He gets you in should his, friend him on Facebook. He gets in his car and he's like, oh man, it's the eights. That means it's jazz it's and weather. For, it's time for jazz and weather on the eights. <laughs> and then Jeff just like listens to that nice smooth jazz and listens to the weather report and just heads home and it's like, all right, I got to stop at the store, but I'll do that. Coming at you with a little Miles Davis here on the eights. It's going to be a snowstorm tonight, so bundle up. It's a slippery one. It's a it's slippery snowstorm. <laughs> That's a thing. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's Nixon. He gives a he gives a little a great speech. It's also sponsored by Shankman's Rubbing Compound. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is uh, a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it. When something needs rubbing, think Shankman. I already do. I mean, we all. I mean, this... Today's podcast is brought to you by Shankman's Rubbing Compound. It's maybe a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it. Uh, he also says that the important thing to remember is the taste of a Charleston chew. So basically all we've learned in this speech is that we don't really have a ton of freedom. Mm-hmm. Because we have a sex monitoring chip implanted in our hands. Mm-hmm. But and, you get to choose which hand it's in. Uh-huh. It's important. And also... Uh, you still have to pay taxes or else get and also meet Jeff the pain monster. It's brought to you by two different products. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so super, it's ad supported. super great speech. It's ad supported. Uh, and then he, I mean, it, I'm surprised speech wasn't sponsored by Blue Apron, but that's fine. <laughs> um, this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just glad Richard Nixon wasn't talking about me undies. Um, yeah. So, Richard Nixon's head, no less. And then Richard Nixon. Well, first of all, I should point out, because it's super gross, Zoidberg points out that he is swelling with patriotic mucus as they unfurl the flag. Oh, freebie. Um, it All that patriotic mucus kind of compels him to run up on stage and eat the flag. The Earthkin flag. I can't stress that enough. It's the not Earth- an American flag. flag. It's the Earthkin <laughs> flag. Although I do, I wanted to get roman mars on this week's episode oh man and it just didn't happen because Dang i want it. i want him to give his thoughts on give the his thoughts flags. on the earth yeah. flag uh, it's it's real shame that he 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 couldn't make it but you know what i'm sure he had much better things to do than this stupid podcast i have better things to do than this stupid podcast let's be honest yeah same so yeah zoidberg runs up and he is uh, as everybody somehow everybody's missing this spectacle behind him <laughs> or behind Richard Nixon until Rick until Nixon is like yeah let's all gaze upon this flag and then Zoidberg is literally finishing up the last bit of the flag slurping it up into his Zoidberg face hole and everybody <laughs> Zoidberg face hole is a good band name no it's really not um <laughs> Coming up next on Weather and Jazz on the Eights. It's going to be a cloudy evening. Lows in the 30s. Coming at you now is a little Zoidberg's face hole. With zoobity zop zop. Whimmy wham wham wazzle. I didn't realize it was a slurm themed song. Uh... (laughs) 
<laughs> Someday oh, I will die and weather and jazz on the eights will be my legacy. And I'm kind of okay with that. So, um, yeah, every, uh, Zoidberg defends his actions by saying that uh, the essence of uh, uh, doing a thing is the essence of freedom. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty legit. It's pretty legit. Everybody is not happy with that, and they rush the stage. Well, Nixon immediately calls Zoidberg a traitor and starts yelling at the crowd to kill him. Yes, and then everybody rushes the stage, and then Zoidberg runs off to uh, Embassy Row, um, where there's the Neutral Planet Embassy, which is just a mm-hmm. like beige cube. Yep. The Klingon Embassy, which looks like a Barbie dream house. It sure does. The Globetrotter Homeworld Embassy. embassy which uh, just has some globetrotters outside bouncing basketballs. What do you do at your globetrotter homeworld embassy? And then the Decapodian embassy, which is basically just a big pile of mud surrounded by a little moat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoidberg ends up gaining asylum at the embassy and gets full support from the Decapodian government. And some cocoa. With no marshmallows. It's a hellhole. It's an absolute hellhole. You got to have those marshmallows. It's important. Uh, Nixon wants to just go go in there and get him. But but Fry, Le- uh, Fry Leela and Bender get up there and Leela tells him to cool his jowls. Leela points out that the fr- right to freedom of expression is guaranteed by the Earth Constitution. And Nixon responds with, he knows a place where the Constitution doesn't mean squat. So they go to the Earth Supreme Court. Of course. Uh, the Supreme Court accepts the case of Earth v. Zoidberg. It's so quick, but it's one of my favorite jokes in this whole episode. There's that, sort of that newspaper like spinning up toward the camera thing mm-hmm. with the headline that says lobster trial nears. And then down below, there's a smaller headline that says mobster trial nears. <laughs> And it's such a dumb joke for me to love as much as I do. I mean, I get it. I love some dumb jokes. And it, I, don't, I don't know why. It, just, it gets me every time. I think it's very good. So there are a bunch of protesters outside. Um, they're doing things like beating up a Zoidberg pinata. Uh, a Boy Scout troop is learning how to tie nooses. <laughs> it's kind of horrifying. It's kind of horrifying. And the head of the ACLU is singing a country song about uh, Don't Mess With Earth, which... From Dallas to Fort Worth. <laughs> I love that line so much. Because the, the line is um, uh, something like, wave the flag around the world from Dallas to Fort Worth. And I'm like, that's a pretty short distance there, buddy. Unless you're going the other way. Then it but really then there's is a small around gap. the world. There's a very small gap. Well, only that section... They can't do that. No, but everybody else can. Everybody else mm-hmm. around the world, from Dallas to Fort Worth. Well, I mean, if you're going, if you're truly going around the world, you're like going from, you know, like the place you started all the way around the world, and you're probably in where you started. Mm-hmm. So Dallas and Fort Worth, they're so close. It's like the same thing. I guess. I prefer to take it as like the entire world <laughs> exists between between Dallas and Fort Worth. That drive. Oh yeah. I like it. It's a, I mean, it's a much shorter. Around the world in 80 days? <laughs> forget it, man. With, if the traffic's right, like an hour. If the traffic's not right, like five hours, probably. I've only been to <laughs> Texas once, and it was actually through Houston, and the traffic was a nightmare. But well, there you go. Houston? Around, no, no, it was Dallas. It was Dallas. Around the Dallas-Fort Worth world in 80 minutes. Good luck. 
So yeah, this is all going on, and the group is trying to find a lawyer that will take Zoidberg's case. It seems like a good enough place to find a lawyer. I mean, look, this is all happening very fast. What, are, what were they supposed to do? I don't know. Find a law firm in a Yellow Pages on TV? Instead, they find one at the protest. It's, it's an old man who comes up and uh, Fry's like, who are you, old man? Old man waterfall is my name, but a lot of people just call me old man. And Fry's like, I'm never going to remember that. <laughs> such a good line. It's so good. I love it. It's another member of the Waterfall Dynasty. Because mm-hmm. we've got Old Man Waterfall, Free Waterfall Senior, Free Waterfall Junior, mm-hmm. who are all old men. Well, the Junior was w- the one that fed the to- uh, the tofu to the lion. He was kind of an old hippie. Yes, he was an older hippie, yeah. Mm-hmm. But not as old as Old Man Waterfall. No. I mean, there's definitely a hierarchy of mm-hmm. old men in the Waterfall family. It's true. This is compelling podcasting. <laughs> Let's pull out the genealogical chart. In 2045, Old Man Waterfall. No, I'm just I'm Oh, okay. Not. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> I don't know if that's long enough ago to be old. It's I mean, pro- it's really not. It, if, if Old Man Waterfall is a thousand years old, yeah, it's old enough. Born in 45. Oh, I was thinking 30. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Screwed that one up. Good job, Ben. 2045, Old Man Waterfall was born. A thousand years later, he finally he finally defends Dr. Zoidberg. Anyways, he, he gives a speech about how much he loves mm-hmm. Earth, and specifically just kind of how much he loves old Freebie. Sure. I um, mean, he was he was a veteran of three dozen wars. Mm-hmm. His, his whole joke, and it comes up repeatedly throughout the episode, is basically just like he's taken a ton of bullets he's lost body parts all over different planets like he is um i'm skipping ahead a bit but like his testimony uh his his opening statements are him saying about how he raised a flag made of his own skin Mm -hmm. using his own intestines to hoist it the dude's a little extreme Uh and i don't know how he's still alive well he does uh, he he definitely opens with see this hand no you don't and pops it off um so yeah, he's given this whole speech, and the at the end, Fry's like, "Wait, you're a lawyer? You're hired." Yeah, it's like he didn't pay attention. Uh, one of my favorite. Before we move on, the, one of my favorite lines in it is, "Name a body part and a planet, and I've taken a bullet in it on it." So um, they go to the Supreme Court for the trial, where the hyper chicken is prosecuting the case, and we've got a bunch of Supreme Court justices. Um, they are, uh, most of them, I didn't check all of them, Mm -hmm. but most of them were current Supreme Court judges at the time of the airing of the original episode. Yeah. Um, also Snoop Dogg. Also Snoop Dogg is there. Well, he was, he's always been a member of the Supreme Court. Let's be honest. I mean, it's just on the down low. It's uh, way on the down low, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so you've got, um, uh, Ginsburg and, Mm -hmm. and, um scalia yeah um and you know uh, all like is that all I, those I names that you know all the names that i yeah i'm gonna just edit edit that in you know all the names um <laughs> i'm not gonna do that but um <laughs> i was referring to the listener oh i wasn't yes. putting you on blast my friend <clears throat> that's good because i <laughs> definitely know all the names i just don't have time to detail yeah. them on oh, this certainly not very time constrained audio medium that we have to absolutely not 
spend a lot of time extraneously. So I obviously wasn't going to say the names of all nine justices that were totally alive at the time. Oh, certainly. All the nine, including the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one. I mean, we, I don't even have time to say any of the other ones. So they start up the case. Uh, the hyper chicken says that freedom of speech applies to what comes out of mouth, not what goes in it. Um, when asked to provide precedent, he can because of the uh, state of Alabama v. giant space iguana where chewing the corners of the Constitution were deemed non-protected speech. Some, some pretty good lawyer in by the hyper chicken, I must say. It's probably his best lawyer moment, let's be honest. It probably is, because the previous moments have been him in jail for that dare incompetence. He knows what it means when he's asked to cite precedent. Mm-hmm. He's able to cite precedent. Mm-hmm. He's apparently correct on the precedent because it's accepted into the court. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of nailing it. First time ever. First time? Pr- uh, probably last time. Then Old Man Waterfall gives his opening statements. Like I said, he he tells a story about... Um, how he doesn't have a hand because he lost it on uh, uh, in a battle for Earth, and uh, the thing about the flag made out of his skin, and he's like, we have to protect uh, our freedoms, uh, freedoms such as polygamy. He loves the flag more than he loves his seven wives, and everyone boos. That, that's sort of just like the end of the entire trial. Yeah. It starts and ends in this one scene that lasts maybe, I don't know, five minutes. Yeah. So the judges immediately start conferring with high-speed telepathy, and by a vote to, of six to three, flag-eating is deemed not protected by the Constitution, and the court immediately orders a public apology. Uh, Zoidberg does the old joke about, like, apology accepted. Like, you Don't know. do it again. Which I always have to wonder, is Zoidberg being smart about it like is he just trolling them or is as he really believe that because i could see it either way it's true i mean it's zoidberg we're talking about here um and then uh also out of the blue they're like and in a rare double whammy decision the court finds polygamy constitutional (laughs) and everybody just starts booing yeah and um when hermes points out that uh it's not an apology to him he has to give one zoidberg says i won't apologize uh, and then the Supreme Court sentences him to death. So in response, uh, he's back at the embassy. And instead of giving up Zoidberg for death, uh, they decide to invade Earth. Why not? Well, Z- Zap is attempting to break into the Decapodian embassy with a giant uh, uh, door ram. I forgot about that part. Usually when Zap's on screen, I sort of just zone out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just fine. Everything flashes green and then it's fine. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the ambassador tells them that the mud is sovereign mud of Decapod 10 and the invasion is an act of war. Then that's when Zap kind of calls his bluff and then the ambassador radios for an attack on Earth. It takes a little bit of time for them to get well, there. Well, it's, it's a schlep. It's a schlep. He, the ambassador even points that out. Yeah, I know it's a bit of a schlep, but come on. And then they come, and then the uh, the army is taken aback, and Zap orders a retreat. And yeah, the army is like the these giant, weird crab lobster like ships mm-hmm. uh, with big pincers and and just flying through the sky. And yeah, this whole war starts over uh, Zoidberg. Zoidberg. Not a great reason to he's Zoidberg's the face that launched a, sh- a thousand ships. How about that? I believe it. 
That's taking Team Zoidberg to a bit of an extreme. I'm just going to say that. I would fight and die for Zoidberg. I don't know about you. Uh, let me put it this way. A coworker of mine showed me today that he has a, a Bender tattoo, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Uh, I'm not even getting a Bender tattoo, so I'm not going to fight and die for a Futurama character. Um, like... If you can't get the tattoo, that's fair. That is that. Start out with the tattoo. Okay. Get and a Zoidberg tattoo. Don't tell your wife about it beforehand because she's not going to be happy with it. Well, fortunately, she does not listen to the podcast. <laughs> and then <laughs> deal with whatever fallout that happens uh, uh, that causes. And then after that, if you're like, yeah, this Zoidberg tattoo was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Despite the pain, recovery time, the fact that I have permanently marred my flesh to resemble Zoidberg, and also now, the, I, also the fight that I got in with my wife. Hold on, am I changing my entire visage to be Zoidberg visage, or is it just like a little his face on my arm or something? It's it's. I mean, it's a tattoo of Zoidberg. Okay, you're I'm not mis- you're not permanently altering. I mean, if you want to. <laughs> See, I wasn't sure because I was like, oh, that seems like a little not not a lot uh, to do like. If I'm going to go away, we're going to go the whole way. This this explains a lot why you would fight and die for Zoidberg. <laughs> because I said, I suggested getting a tattoo of Zoidberg. Mm-hmm. And your mind immediately jumped to... Body modification. Total body modification. Tattooing your skin a bright pinkish Zoidberg red. Mm-hmm. Getting face tentacles. Yes. Claws. Were claws involved in this vision? Oh. <laughs> I believe so, my friend. Okay, it's all, it all makes a lot of sense now. Why you, would, why you would fight and die for Zoidberg. <laughs> Hashtag army Zoidberg. Also, if I thought your wife was going to be upset about the little Zoidberg tattoo <laughs> that you were going to get on your arm. Surprise, honey. I can, I'm, I'd come home, she'd look up at me and was like, what in the world have you done? <laughs> uh so um, yeah that's a divorce the moment i walk in the door <laughs> also that's that's a divorce proceeding you're going to lose oh yes very very quickly mm-hmm. um you'll walk into court and they'll just be like approved she gets everything fair enough so but at least i still have my podcast <laughs> wait she got that too dang it she doesn't even like Futurum. It's going to be weird hosting this podcast with her. Well, you know, I've made my choice. Okay. Well, so <laughs> I, I like how in this in this episode <laughs> of the podcast, Ben has has been become famous for a jazz and weather radio station, and I've become famous because I've completely modified my body to be Zoidberg. There, there, there's levels of of craziness happening here. So they're fighting a whole war over Zoidberg. <laughs> the Nimbus comes in to save the day, and Zap requests the uh, the authorization codes for the missile defense systems, and uh, it's all on like a compact disc, uh-huh. which is a nice CD. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Zap says that there may be a double agent somewhere on the ship. And so he has to absolutely trust the person he gives these codes to. So he skips right over Kiff. Of course, he he suspects Kiff. 
and he sees this ensign on the bridge, and uh, it is very clearly a decapodian in disguise. hundred percent. With a with a big wig, uh, fake like a, mustache. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing oven mitts over his claws, claws and uh, he gives his name as Hugh Man. Now that's a name I can trust. And. Uh, I almost named one of my Final Fantasy fourteen characters Hugh Mann, by the way. Oh, it's a good name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... If my uh, last name was Mann, I would name my kid Hugh. Oh, 100%. I would... I mean, your wife's already divorcing you for the Zoidberg <laughs> thing, know. so just go, go just the distance. Go whole hog. Change my last name, too. So, uh, yeah, they, he hands him the disc, and he's fumbling with it because, like, he's wearing... Uh, uh, Hugh Mann is wearing... Oven mitts, and then he scuttles away. Um, <laughs> so it's so laughable that Zap trusts him over Kiff, who has been behind beside him for so much, and uh, he's seen so much. Yeah, so they are uh, going to launch these missiles because uh-huh. Human has already gone immediately to the Decapodian ship. Oh yeah, he flies out in this little ship, still in his disguise and goes over to the Decapodian. F- full mm-hmm. vision of of the bridge. And uh, so they're going to fire the missiles but when Kiff hits the button, nothing happens. And All like, planetary defenses have been disabled. Perhaps the Decapodians acquired our secret codes somehow. <laughs> And so as this Decapodian ship comes to just destroy the Nimbus, and admittedly, one like Broken Clock is right twice a day. It's one of my favorite Zap lines ever, where he's like, stand by to take the blame. Steady, steady, now, and then points at Kiff, and then Kiff's expression when he does this is just like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> Kiff very clearly takes the blame in that moment. Yeah. And yeah. that's what makes the bit work, I think. It's true. Basically crapping on poor Zev, Kiff all the time. So the Decapodian ship kind of snips off the the bridge of the Nimbus and like throws it down into the park below. And with that, the Decapodians completely conquer Earth, and th- they start enslaving human human humanity to start building more mu- mud castles. Yeah, they're building this giant pile of mud. Later on, they're sitting around being like, "Man, it sucks being a slave." And then Fry's like. Wait, I'm having one of those things. You know, a headache with pictures. An idea? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, he does... <laughs> That's one of my favorite fry lines. Um, a headache with pictures. A headache with pictures. Uh, so they go to this, like, war museum. Yeah, the Museum of Ancient Weaponry. And they find, in Fry's words, something you could make a war crime with. Uh, it, we can't see it because it's kind of located between... But behind the camera as we look at the characters. And the next day, it cuts to what they were building the whole time. It's the Mobile Oppression Palace, which a is... Gi- a s- Go ahead. It's a giant mud castle on like six giant mechanical crustacean legs. Kind of like a crab walking around, but it has a giant mud castle coming out of it. With it, a few dignitaries can oppose our entire planet for pennies a day. Bender says, neat, and takes a picture. Uh, so it goes around just wrecking havoc on everything. Crushing the sign for Johnson's collapsible top hats, squeezing the sign for easy squeeze accordions, but it can't break the sign for Hair King Unbreakable Combs, so it just tips it over. 
It also crushes Old Man Waterfall. Because he makes his stand with Old Freebie. Because you can't, you can crush him, but you can't crush his spirit. And immediately after it crushes him, he says, Oh, my spirit! Uh, we get a, a brief glimpse at uh, his great-granddaughter. I believe so, yes. Uh, who, uh, she'll come back. She's in uh, one of the movies. I think so, yes. Um, but she laments his death as part of the manocentric malocracy. Zoidberg gets upset that they killed his lawyer, um, and after a quick jab at, like, you're welcome, he's he's like, but no, he's the only one who would defend me when no one else would. O- Old Man Waterfall leans up and says, I request a satanic funeral. And everybody starts booing. It's at that point, the Planet Express crew shows up mm-hmm. and is like, we stole a heat-sinking missile. And then he pushes a button and it just starts zooming around the mobile oppression palace. It, it can't hit the sandcastle because uh, all uh, the heat-seeking missile is useless because all Decapodians and their technology is cold-blooded. That's definitely how technology works. It certainly is. Uh, Zoiberg grabs the flag, old freebie, and sets it on fire. The Earth can flag. I can't stress that enough. Well, I, I said old freebie. But I can't stress it enough. <laughs> it is the Earthican flag, a made-up flag for this TV show. Okay. So everybody's like, <gasps> until they re- he says, I'm desecrating the flag to save the freedom it represents, and throws it directly into the sandcastle. It's at that point the heat-seeking missile locks onto that flame, hits the mobile oppression palace, blows it up. It's a mud explosion. And of course, all the other ships had left when the the palace was completed because you know it, who needs who needs them? Yeah, you only need that one mobile oppression palace. That's all you need. You don't need any redundancies here. Uh, Zoidberg is hailed as a hero as he's regained Earth's freedom. To that point, Zoidberg is like, "If only they appreciated freedom as much on my home planet." Wait, they do. This is my home planet. It's a kind of sweet moment. It is. In an episode about eating flags and blowing up lobster aliens. And also enslaving Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one more ceremony back in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. where uh, they are celebrating Zoidberg for saving humanity. Mm-hmm. Nixon uh, is letting him raise the flag, and the media asks him to take a bag of, a bite of the flag for the papers. And uh, Nixon's even like, go on, just... Go ahead. You've earned it. And he takes a bite and says, now that's a grand old flag. And then as he's raising it up the uh, the flagpole, Zoidberg says, I wonder what the Shroud of Turin tastes like. And then we get credits, which means it's time for... Graves. So you know me. Uh, the man has turned myself, the man myself has turned myself into Zoidberg himself. I can very clearly see that. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, I I think this episode is really good. I don't think it's to the top level okay. of Futurama episodes, but it's definitely one that I'll rewatch. Um, Zoidberg has a ton of great lines. I mean, the whole story is centered around him. It's one of the few very Zoidberg-centric episodes that we ever get. So I'm probably a little bit biased in that way because I love Zoidberg so much. That, that you've become Zoidberg. That I've become Zoidberg. But the fact that I, when I see basically now myself on television having a big role, I'm like, I like that. Um, but I do think it's a very funny episode. Um, you know, you've got you've got flag eating. No, again, 
the Earthican mm-hmm. flag. You, you can't stress that, that enough. <laughs> you got to. Um, I, I, I think it's very funny. I don't think there's a ton of stakes, to be honest. Even, even with, even with humanity enslaved. Okay, even with humanity go, enslaved. Go on. Um, but it, it, it all clips by at a breezy enough pace that it's not one of those. It's not a Futurama episode where it's like I'm trying to dig at your heartstrings. It's more like joke, 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 joke. Jokes all the way down. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um. So, and and I'm not trying to ding it for that. I just I think it's probably not like a plus grade, but it's definitely I would say an A minus. Okay. I like a lot of the jokes. It has a zap joke in it that I actually enjoy. That is the take blame joke. Yeah. Um it's it's got a lot of good lines. Uh it's got a lot of good jokes. Um overall I'm just I'm not usually very excited for this episode. Um because again it is it is sort of just like a lot of jokes all crammed in together and I don't have anything necessarily bad to say about the episode. Um, it's just, you know me. I like I like uh, a little bit more plot in my Futurama mm-hmm. episodes. Um, I'm going to give it a B, I think. Okay. A nice solid B. Well, I mean, we'd love to, to hear what you all think that are listening out in podcast world about this episode or any episode or me turning myself into Zoidberg. Yeah, one, 100%. Or if you... If you want to listen to a little weather and jazz on the eights, <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever done on this show, and that's saying something. That is definitely saying something, my um, friend. What, regardless, we definitely want to hear from you. So there are tons of different ways to do that. We're on all the medias. We you sure can are. Email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. And we are on Apple Podcasts. So find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe to us, and send it to your friend. And we can can all eat the Earthican flag together. And we can all change ourselves to look exactly like Dr. Zoidberg. Isn't that the American dream? Truly. I'm sorry, the Earthican dream? Truly, it is. And until next time... I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. What's up, you cool cats? This is Ben coming back at you with a little weather and jazz on the 8s. Gonna be a sunny one today. Highs in the 70s. Cooling off a bit tonight as clouds roll in. We'll be getting lows down in the 40s. Hope you got someone to curl up with tonight and stay warm while you listen to the sweet, sweet sounds of Fake It Till You Fake It by Kevin McLeod. Mm-hmm.